I'm Brett Chang. And I am Jay Rosenthal, and this is your Peak Daily for Monday, June 5th, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech, all in less than seven minutes. Okay, so Jay, Heinz has unveiled a prototype of a sauce dispenser that lets you devise over 200 custom sauce combinations. Simply choose a base sauce like ketchup and then add flavor enhancers like smoky chipotle or mango to varying degrees of intensity. This sounds to me like the condiment version of, what was it called? The Coca-Cola. Yeah, the Coca-Cola Center at some subways. Well, no, but there was also one at movie theaters where you could start mixing and matching different Coke flavors from all over the world. I forget what it was called. I can't believe I, I don't remember what it was called, but it reminds me of like that. Is this something that you're looking forward to? Yes. Are there people that are not looking forward to this? Me. And if they are, I don't want to know them. No, it's me, Jay. What do I want? You know, there's plenty of good condiments out there. I don't need combinations of those condiments. I'm happy with the condiments that are available. Oh, I think you're wrong. No. I think you're on the wrong side of this, Brett. No offense. I mean, we are a Heinz family. I think most people are. No offense to French. Like, I know that there's a controversy about where the tomatoes <laughs> come from. I don't want to step in it too deeply, but I think this is a very good idea. I mean, it seems like I'm expensive, but it's something I might invest in. A, a sauce dispenser brought to you by Heinz. I'm in favor of this. Well, at least now I know what to get you for next Hanukkah, Jay. You know, we got a, a sauce machine. I like it. I like it. It reminds me of the G Love song, My Baby Got Sauce. Brett, aside from a sauce dispenser that probably nobody needs, but I certainly want. What do we have for peak calls today? For first story, big city landlords have a cash flow problem. For our second story, tech takes on wildfires. And for our last story, charging station shortages pose EV roadblocks. For our first story, rents in Canada's biggest cities are through the roof, and somehow many landlords are still losing money on their rental properties. It's just another day in the wild, wild housing market in Canada's biggest cities. Wild indeed, Jay. A report from CIBC and Urban Nation found that most condo investors with a mortgage in the greater Toronto area were renting out their properties for less than what they were paying to own them. In other words, they're losing money every month. And here's a quote from the report. We found that for the first time in 2022, less than half, 48% of leveraged condo investors were cash flow positive. Now, typical ownership costs for newly completed condos, which make up a large majority of investment properties, exceeded average rents in the GTA by $223 per month in 2023. It's happening because interest rates jumped. And while rents have increased sharply, mortgage payments have increased even faster. The average rent for new GTA condos rose by $317 between 2020 and 2022, while monthly mortgage costs grew by around $650, according to the report. And here's why it matters. Investors account for more than half of condo buyers in Canada's two hottest housing markets, which are Toronto and Vancouver. As their business model falls apart, expect to see demand for new units start to fall. Without more purpose-built rental apartment buildings, that's likely to reduce supply in the already tight rental market and drive up rent even further. Next, even more expensive units that were pre-sold in recent years will come on the market soon. So expect to see rents rise even further as investors try to stem the bleeding. For our second story, wildfires have turned into a fact of life for millions of Canadians, and a growing cohort of entrepreneurs and investors are developing technology to limit the damage they cause. It matters because wildfires are expected to burn 5 million hectares of forest in Canada by 2050, roughly the size of Nova Scotia. From automated sprinkler systems to firefighting robots, we'll need every tool in the kit to better anticipate and then fight a growing number of fires. A string of startups in the emerging quote-unquote fire tech space are raising venture capital even amid a sharp dart downturn in overall deal activity, including... Bill Clerico, the former VC, raised $35 million U.S. for his fund, 
Convective Capital, which will focus exclusively on tech to fight wildfires. Wow, exciting. Frontline Wildfire Defense, which plans to build a wildfire sprinkler system for homes and businesses, raised $6.4 million in seed funding. Pano AI, a fire detection system built to help fire departments catch wildfires before they get out of control, raised $20 million. Fire Maps, a tool homeowners can use to renovate their homes to make them more fire resistant, raised $5.5 million in a round led by Andreessen Horowitz. BurnBot, which aims to build robots that can carry out controlled burns that destroy the fuel wildfires need, raised another $5 million. And to zoom out from all this activity, Canada is already a world leader in wildfire management, but there's always room to improve. Wildfire SAT, an initiative between the Canadian Space Agency and the feds, will upgrade management capacity further with round-the-clock satellite monitoring. Here's the bottom line. As both sides of the country continue to battle devastating wildfires, developments in fire tech really can't come fast enough. For our third and final story on this Monday, around the world, the push is on to get people to drive electric vehicles, but one big hurdle persists even in the most EV-friendly places. There just aren't enough charging stations. Brett, why does this even matter? It's important because Canada plans to require that all new vehicles sold are electric by 2035, but the charging network is already unable to meet today's much lower demand. There are around 350,000 EVs, either battery-powered or plug-in hybrids, registered in Canada right now, according to Stats Canada. But across the country, there are only 9,309 charging stations and 22,092 charging ports. Each port can charge just one EV at a time, and fewer than 20% of them can recharge a battery quickly, around 30 minutes. The rest take up to 10 hours. The shortage of charging ports makes EV ownership impractical for the one-third of Canadians who live in apartments, condos, or other multi-residential buildings and can't install their own charger at home or in their garage. Efforts to install chargers in these buildings are often blocked by condo boards or landlords who don't want to pay for installation. Now to zoom out. Even in Norway, where 80% of new vehicles sold are EVs, finding a place to get a charge can be a problem. A recent New York Times story described lines of cars backed up on highway off-ramps near Oslo waiting for a chance to recharge. Cities in the U.S., Australia, and Europe are all dealing with a similar charging station shortage, which is a very difficult thing to say, Brett. Very difficult. And what's even more difficult is that Canada will need nearly 4 million public charging ports to make it possible for most people to switch to EVs, according to the Canadian Vehicle Manufacturers Association. We're only 0.5% of the way to that target today, so there's a long road ahead. Peak Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to business news podcast in Canada. If you got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. Thank you, Brett, and have a great week, Peak Pals. Peak Pals.